realized I had not turned on my microphone, so that is my fault. If y'all would, turn in your Bible to the book of Romans. Uh, as Greg just mentioned, we're going to take a pause from Exodus today. We have uh, been in there the majority of the year. We just finished a series on the Ten Commandments, so continuing uh, there, thankful for that. Uh, those, those good reminders for us about who God is and who we are in interaction with Him and what He's called us to do. And uh, today, uh, as Greg said, we are uh, kind of hitting pause on that series. We'll be right back at it next week, Lord willing. Um, but today, wanted to take time to remind us of some things about who we are as Colonial Heights. Um, I do want to say this. If Hopefully one of these was either in the, the chair uh, in your seat or the seat next to you or something like that. And, and if you sometime today would take time to read this, this is just a reminder for you uh, and for us that we are thankful that children are in this room, okay? We are glad, boys and girls, kids, we're glad you're in here. Uh, we don't want to just shoo you out or shush you although sometimes we have to shush you, right, uh, so that we can all pay attention. But, but we're glad. We want you, moms and dads, we, we want you to make sure that they can see and hear and that they can engage, that they sing the songs that uh, I, I love. Uh, I know that, that some of the kids, like um, in, in like the children's area, they have motions with every song. And you might think that we don't have motions for all these songs, but... Uh, we don't have official motions, but there are some kids who sing with motions for every song. Perfectly fine. That's beautiful, right? That's their way of worshiping the Lord. We're thrilled with that. So we just want you, maybe, maybe you take this home with you as just that reminder, stick it in your Bible as a reminder to you to be praying for parents that are sitting around you. And if you are that parent, uh, just know we're here with you. It's okay. Uh, I got wiggly kids too, and I get to stand up here, so when mine are wiggling, Gloria's got them all by herself. Uh, but I am so thankful for that and wanted to, to make sure you know how glad we are that you are here. Some of them, this is even some of their first time uh, this week as they move up, right? They're moving into this space, so we're so glad that they are here. Um, I've been thinking and praying about this message for uh, weeks and weeks now about when I would share it. I've had it on my heart and mind for a while, wondered when it would come, and the Lord seemed to place it on this day. We, we trust that was Him. And it is my desire to be able to, to remind us of who we are as a church and not, not um, to like give us a new direction, but to simply keep us on the right track, right? To remind us what chart what what course we are charting so to speak i think about uh that uh, the work that you have to do with a compass right you don't just set your compass and then hope that it goes well you you set it and you you keep looking back at it every once in a while to make sure you're you're actually going the the direction you say you're trying to go so that's our intent today and so i i will say this we're going to read from a passage in romans in just a moment but just as a quick reminder of who we are, right, our mission statement at Colonial Heights is that together we glorify God by making disciples of all nations. Uh, we introduced this 
some four years ago plus, uh, four and a half years ago or so, as who we are. And, and I say this every time uh, I, I talk through this in our Membership Matters class. Um, if you're, like, any church that is a biblical, like, God-honoring church is, is going to have this in some way as their mission statement. It doesn't have to be these words, but... But this wasn't original with us. Making disciples of all nations is not original to Colonial Heights. It's original to the church that Christ established, right? And so it is th this idea that we would glorify God, that we would together bring him praise. Certainly not original with us. So it doesn't have to be these words. These are just the words that we chose uh, based on scripture. So our intent is together, that's, that means that, uh, Christianity is not a solo act, but together we glorify God by making disciples of all nations. We think then about some of our ideals. How do we kind of shrink that in to, to who we are in that way? You kind of think of it like the elevator pitch, right? Someone says, tell me about Colonial Heights, and you could say these three phrases. We belong, we gather, and we send. Like if, if, you, if you can't remember all of the other things that we'll say today, you, you hopefully as a Colonial Heights member, you can say we belong, we gather, we send. That is what we do, right? And I, think about this. So uh, in belonging, we, we want to say that this is home. This is family. That, that there is relationships that are deeper than just uh, uh, like any other club that you might be in. Just uh, in the last couple of days, I was listening to a podcast and I heard recently that the Surgeon General has declared loneliness as an epidemic. And uh, like, uh, such a significant problem causing uh, death and even like the, the way in which uh, problems in diseases. And what we believe is that the church is designed to be the antidote for that epidemic. It's different. Church is, is different than a, a book club. Church is different than a bowling group or a softball team or uh, anything else. Even a, a school or your coworkers. Church is intended to be to remove loneliness. Right? This this is your people. This is who you eat meals with, who you celebrate birthdays with, who you grieve over loss with. This, the people sitting next to you in these chairs, the people that are in life group with you, this is where that should happen. And, and in order for belonging to, to fully be embraced, we have to gather, right? It's, it's hard to belong to something or someone who never actually sees one another. So, I, so you need to know, and you say, why are you telling me this? I am currently gathered. I get it. But sometimes we need that reminder to continue to gather, right? That there are Sundays that it's easier for us to stay home. There are weekends in which it's just easier if we just stayed in our pajamas and watched this online and assumed that we could still check a box because, well, we, we saw it. And I please don't hear what I'm not saying. Uh, I'm not here every Sunday. There are weeks in which I have to be out or even choose to be out for vacation or time with my family. But overall, in the vast majority of time, I'm here. Not just because it's my job, but because I, I believe this is what's significant for us. 
gathering together where we sing and we hear the preaching and teaching of God's word where we give each other hugs and high fives and fist bumps and uh, we, we take the ordinances together. We observe people getting baptized and celebrating that they are like, saved by the grace of God. We, we observe the Lord's Supper. In fact, uh, we plan on taking the Lord's Supper together next Sunday. And so I just want to encourage you, be back for that time. We do not take the Lord's Supper every week. Um, but whenever we do, when you hear that announcement, you, you make sure, mark your calendar. I want to be here for that time as a designated time that the church has set aside. So we belong, we gather, and then we say that we sin. We believe that everyone as a follower of Christ is sent out from this place into our homes, our neighborhoods, classrooms, workplaces, that we are sent out to make disciples of all nations, to fulfill the Great Commission. That is your job. If you are a follower of Christ, you are sent out every single Sunday from this place. But we also believe that some of us are sent to foreign places, to places where the gospel has not yet reached. We're going to get to that in a minute, but I want you to know that uh, we believe that every week we send, every week we mobilize people to make Christ's name known in all the earth. It was just uh, in 2020, the, in, in fact, it was like this Sunday, the Move Up Sunday of 2020, when I presented to us a, a five-year vision. And that, that five-year vision was uh, to include a variety of things, helping us kind of, again, kind of chart our course as to, to what was next uh, on the horizon for Colonial Heights. And so we, we listed out four things. One, to, to know our people, to love our community, to end our debt, and to reach our world. We began doing some of those things even right then. We, we established a church covenant. We, we began this membership process that has a membership class. And we, we have, in fact, in the, uh, you'll hear soon about a new statement of faith and a new, some new bylaws that are coming our way. Uh, these are all parts of knowing our people. We want to know each other well. And so when we think about membership and covenant and statement of faith, these help us establish uh, who we are in these ways. When we think about loving our community, we have revamped with an intentionality in our, our weekday uh, preschool program. And we are thankful for this ministry. If I get the number right, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe there were 73 that started this last Wednesday, 73, 78, 80, we hit 80. I was uh, in another state, so we'll give that credit, okay? Uh, I was not here, but we had 80, praise God, yeah, that's really good, because I'm excited about that. So praise God, uh, 80 started this last Wednesday, and we also, we've already said we're going to be praying tonight uh, at Ann Smith. This is an ongoing partnership that we have with this local elementary school, we're doing tutoring there. We're uh, caring for the, the teachers and faculty there. One of the ways that we do that is by this prayer walk we will do tonight. Uh, this is a way that we are, we're not trying to get anything from Ann Smith. Did you know that? Like we're not loving Ann Smith and crossing our fingers that all of those students and teachers will come to church here. We're loving Ann Smith because they deserve to be loved by us. We're the we're, we're their closest church to them. If we're not, we are, right? Right, right? We're, we're going to be the church that says, we love you, and you don't have to pay us back for that, 
We just love you. Like that's, that's what loving the community looks like. And yeah, we want to end our debt, so we've started this campaign called Whatever It Takes because we're, we're trying to tackle this mountain of debt. And by God's grace, we continue to see that taking place. And we're wanting to reach our world. We're wanting to do something particularly unique in reaching our world. Yeah, we're raising extra money to be able to give more resources away. So we have a, an annual budget here in the church, uh, and we, we certainly do mission work through that budget, and we give to the cooperative program through the Southern Baptist Convention. We, we give to Lottie Moon Christmas offering and Annie Armstrong Easter offering. If you've heard of those, we, we support church plants and missionaries all around the world. We do a variety of things, but we've been wanting to say we want to go beyond that. We want to reach our world in particular, and we want to reach those who have no access to the gospel. We'll talk about that even more in a moment, but I want you to know that by God's grace, by your giving, we have been able to give $45,000 to a scripture translation project. Uh, and, and I, like this was just shared a couple weeks ago, and uh, here's what you need to know. There are some 7,000 language groups that do not have access to the gospel. They don't have a Bible in their language. So they can't do what we're doing, not because it's illegal sometimes of that, but because they, they don't have scripture in their language. They don't have uh, anyone telling them about it because no one knows about it in their language to tell them. And so we were kind of the, the tail end of the resources needed for this one project. And so we actually have a video I want you to see to learn more about what your resources are doing to help make Christ's name known in another language. any shortcuts in the work of making disciples. One plants, one waters, but we are trusting that as we stay faithful to this task, the Lord will provide the growth. We've been here about nine years. About five years ago, um, Katya joined our team, and then just this past year, about seven, eight months ago, Craig and Abby joined our team. And so with the addition of new teammates, um, we have began to look at what other things need to be done for the ultimate goal and how can we as a team fulfill those with the different gifts that we each have. About 18 months ago, we purchased seven goats to start a group of goat farmers that want to breed goats and live off of the offspring of those goats, which we gave them, uh, so that they can keep their kids in school. Pretty much all the programs I do have that focus of keeping kids in school, helping people pursue higher education, and that's something that the government um, here values and helps our poor among our neighbors and our community at large. Yeah, so we've got a preschool and a kindergarten that operate five mornings a week in our, you could say, our basement. 
So we live on the second first story. They, they study on the first floor and sing on the first floor. Mm. The literacy program that we started six, seven years ago, we've had a natural transition into local language literature or local language translations of scripture, which are now being read daily by dozens of children in addition to the dozen tutors at the literacy school that I have been able to lead through a scripture study starting in Genesis through Revelation and now back to Hebrews. And last month we started the book of Romans. So that's been the most exciting uh, development, kind of the culmination of everything we've been working towards is teaching scripture to these people that have never been exposed to it before. Some of them are expressing trust in what they're reading, what they've been studying with me. And we're just excited to see them start to become members of our team um, so that they can be sharing these, his word with their families and their friends. The next step after comprehension checking is to back translate it. And so I began to do the back translation, which entails basically taking what John and his helpers have translated and then putting it in a very word for word format back into English. So then a consultant can use that text in English to check the accuracy of what has been translated by the team. I'm excited personally to see how the Father's going to use each of us and us as a whole team to <clears throat> see fellowships planted in the next 10, 15 years up and down this 90 mile coastline. So you see, we get to be a part of that. By your giving, we get to be a part of, uh, so, so the, the money that we gave was specifically given for the printing of those scriptures that are being translated to a people who have never heard the gospel, right? We, we if you notice, we're not able to say who those uh, people are. We're not able to say where they are exactly. Uh, we, we do know the organization. We know those people. And, um, but, but here's the thing. We'll, we'll likely never get to go there, right? There, there's some 7,000 people groups we're going to likely never get to meet or see or give a hug to until one day when every nation, tribe, and tongue are gathered together and we're singing this same, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, right? That, that's when we'll give them a hug. And, but, but on this day, right now, our resources are what are helping make this type of work happen. And some of you, by God's grace, will one day be sent to places like this to make Christ's name known, to do the, the hard work of translation. Like that's, that's in some of your futures, we trust that. And so I, I started thinking, okay, uh, what, what do I want for us as Colonial Heights? What do, what do we as elders, we spent time looking at scripture as, as a staff and elders. And, and uh, if you don't know this, over a, a lengthy period of time, uh, we as a staff, we spent 
about four years going through the book of Romans. Uh, most Tuesdays we were in Romans just trying to see more of God's richness. And so when we got to Romans chapter 15, if you're not there, turn to Romans 15. Uh, we got to Romans 15, and uh, I have the tendency in there to, to look at just one verse at a time. As you can imagine, if it took us four years, that's why. Uh, and so I got to verse 30, and it was like I was stopped in my tracks as I was preparing for what would I be saying to us on that staff meeting day. And I read this. These are Paul's words to the church at Rome, and he says, I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf. And I thought, I mean, there's a, there's a list of things that he gives later, what he's asking, asking for them to pray for. And I thought, okay, if I were Paul writing to, to you and saying, strive together with me in prayer, what would I ask you to pray about? What would I say? Let's pray this way. Let's plead with God. Let's ask God to do these things. What would those things be? And I thought of two requests. And I, I shared these with the elders several months ago. And we affirmed that these would be what we would be asking God to, uh, for the church. And the one is stronger relational connectivity, which we believe will lead to greater sending capacity. That's what we want. We want stronger relational connectivity. That's a long phrase to mean this. We want for you to like each other, to love each other with deep, rich love, to enjoy each other's presence. We want the, your relationships, not just with each other, but with God. We want your relationships with God to be stronger a greater relational connectivity to God, with God. How do you do that? How do you have a stronger relationship with God? Pray. <laughs> like actually talk to God. Speak with him. This is a gift that we have. And I, I fear that we, when we hear things like night of prayer and worship, we, we think that means that's for somebody else. Maybe that's for those super elite Christian, and they enjoy prayer meetings. I do not, so I will not be at that. We think that's for some other work. Now, the work of prayer is for all believers to be in communication with the creator and the sustainer of the universe. He offers that to you. By the way, that means you should be here tonight, not just because you're guilted into it. I like to call that conviction. Yeah, that, that we would be a people that are in the word. Certainly, yes, that we would be reading the Bible in, in our preaching time and in our teaching time in life groups, that we would be spending individual time going through, a, whether it's a, a scripture reading plan or just daily in the word. But I want you to understand that we do not just want a sermon that has scripture sprinkled on it, but a people who are saturated with the truth. There's a difference there's lots of sermons out there that have scripture in them. 
But are you a person who has scripture in you? It means our decisions are driven by scripture. We don't just make decisions based on our the whim of the pastor or the whim of the elders. So we want relationships with God to increase. We want to, relationships with people to be stronger. That means we want to maximize our ministries, right? We, wanna, we want to take the ministries that we already have that, are, that God is using well, and we want to maximize them. That, think about things like life groups and, and other activities, women's ministries activities, men's ministries activities, that we want to utilize what we already have. We want to focus on relationships, not just the mechanism. So if you're a leader, you're not just trying to, to fill in the blank, do the, the next thing. You're wanting to, to see how those things, those activities can actually help strengthen the relationships that we have. And we want to do that in order that we would have greater sending capacity. Right, these two things that I'm saying, please strive together with me in prayer. Pause on a daily basis and say, God, would you strengthen relationships and would you send out more people? That means that we want more personal evangelism here. I'm, some of you think that when I say sending out, when I say making disciples of all nations, you check out. Because you think that I'm only speaking to those who are going to do like that video and going to translate scripture in some land that we can't talk about. And again, I think that is some of you, but for the vast majority of us, the task before you, before me, is to share the plan of salvation, the way in which someone can know that they can go from death to life. Your job is to share that at your school in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your family. Don't check out and say, oh, that's not for me. This is most assuredly for you. If you are a follower of Christ, disciples make disciples. So this is what we're praying, God, God, might the, the baptismal waters be filled regularly, not because, not just so our membership grows, but so that the kingdom of God might be advanced. That people might hear the gospel, receive the gospel, be changed by the gospel. They would go from death to life. In fact, next year you'll see a significant focus in our preaching time on the gospel how it affects every area of our life. I said just recently, it does not just affect our eternal dwelling place, but it affects our current living space. The gospel changes everything. But yeah, don't get me wrong. We do want to see more long-term sending there. Oh, I'm not going to lie. I've, I've spent some time on my knees about this one. It's scary as a pastor to suggest that people leave, right? Uh, but this is what we know is our job. To be a, we, we said we belong, we gather, we send. So God, would you send more? I know of more families and individuals that you will hear about in the coming weeks that God is stirring in their heart this movement. 
God, raise up more. Two things for you to know as we are uh, sharing the gospel here. Those who have sent are working to share the gospel there just this week. We received two reports, like this week, from two of our workers on the field that there are two new followers of Christ. There is, you're talking about like this is what we do. There are people, now there's, there's somebody in Northern Africa right now who is a follower of Christ because we helped send them. We helped send them someone who would tell them the good news. Right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm probably never going to meet that person on this side of the throne. And two, guess what? I get this excited when you tell me you share the gospel with your neighbor. I'm no less excited when you say that your son or daughter in your home came to know Christ. We don't have less joy because someone near us came to Christ, right? Our, our joy comes from seeing people who don't know Christ come to know Christ, those, those who went from death to life. This is what we rejoice in. This is what we celebrate. So I've got to really speed up to get through these next parts. But who's surprised that I cried today? Okay. Uh, we have some values that I want to present to you. You've probably never seen these uh, listed in this way, but if you have been at Colonial Heights for very long at all, these values will not surprise you. These are not things that I'm asking you to memorize. These are not things that I'm, uh, I'm asking you to, to put on a bumper sticker or any of those. This is a reminder, again, of who we are, right? So as you hear these things, these should be things that you think, yeah, of course, that's what we value. That's how we make decisions. It's what we see to be the same, of course. So the first is this, that scripture, well, I'll, I'll read them all. I think they'll all come on the screen at the same time. So scripture as truth, and I'll come back and talk about each of these individually. We value prayer as necessity. We value discipleship for growth. We value unity in diversity. We value multiplication of churches. And we value access for all. When we think of scripture as truth, I want you to hear this as, as kind of how we process that. Because the Bible is the inerrant word of God, we will commit to it as our ruling authority in both proclamation and in practical matters. So church, that means every Sunday when you gather in this place, this is our focus. You say, well, man, we're just looking at this one little part of the verse today. You're right. But that drove me to an understanding of, of why we would even do this. Why would I call you to pray for something? Because Paul is asking the church at Rome to, to pray with him, to strive together with him. And so I'm calling on you to do the same. But it, I mentioned earlier that we, we were reworking the bylaws. You'll see some about that. But uh, those bylaw meetings, you might be surprised that our Bible was often open in those meetings. We were talking about like church particulars and matters. We wanted to go to Scripture first. If Scripture said something about that matter, we wanted Scripture to be our answer. The, did you know that the Bible was 
used to plan all of our worship gatherings? That we go to the Word first? Not just like, what's the trendy song? We go to Scripture first. We believe it, Scripture as truth. We value it as truth. Secondly, we value prayer as necessity. I'm currently asking you to strive with me in prayer. I'm inviting you to things like nights of prayer, times where we focus our hearts and ourselves on prayer. Because we communicate our need for God through prayer, we will commit to regular corporate prayer and constant individual prayer. A few months ago, I, I called the church together for what felt like some needed prayer on a Wednesday night. Many of you were here that night. People gathered around each other, laying hands on each other, praying for physical healing and spiritual healing and emotional and mental healing. We want to do more of that. We want to say that we need each other, right? If we're going to belong to each other in these ways. We want relational connectivity. And so even next Sunday, you'll see another night like that ahead. We're going to come together as a family of faith, praying for each other. You might, might be curious about our thoughts on prayer. This book right here, uh, there's several of them out in corner books. I would, it's small, right? All of us can read this book. This would be an excellent resource just to kind of get an idea of what we're thinking about, about corporate prayer, church prayer. So maybe, maybe pick one of those up on your way out. We value discipleship for growth. Because a deepening relationship with Christ is necessary for believers, we will intentionally provide opportunity for evangelism and spiritual growth. You think about our family ministry strategy where we, right, we were talking about Move Up Sunday where we're trying to put uh, kids in age-appropriate age learning spots where, where you are even in, able to, to grow into life groups. If you're not in a life group yet, like there's life groups right after this hour. And so you can make your way there if you don't know where to go. If you go right out the, these doors and into the, the front area, there'll be somebody at the, the table, one of the tables there that will find you a spot to go. They will even walk you to that room. So you do not have to look around and think, oh, okay, I'll just meander the halls. No, there's a spot for you in which you can grow in, in that discipleship kind of way. We value unity in diversity. Hear this, because our community is ethnically and generationally diverse, we will seek to selflessly provide a welcoming environment for all people. Understand this, um, like we don't want diversity in age and in skin tone and in ethnicity just for the sake of diversity. We want unity in diversity. We want diversity in political mindset. We want, because what we want to show to the world is that we're not just a homogeneous, I said that wrong, but follow with me. We're not just a, a one type of person. So this is the only kind that can be a Christian. What we want to say is that Christianity is designed for all who turn their life over to Christ. And so, yeah, that's young, that's old, that's everybody in between, that's really pale and really dark and all the skin tones in between and different languages and all of that. We want all of that. So here's the difference. We, we could say we value diversity, but what we really value is unity in diversity, right? 
We value that, that we're unified even though we are diverse. I was talking to a college student just this past week, moving into school today, saying, I'm looking for a church that is diverse like ours. And in her mind, she was talking about also age diversity. She said, I want to have someone there that's like my grandma's age. I want to go to church with someone who, uh, with, with preschoolers. Like, I want to serve in the preschool ministry. Different ages, stages of life, some people of different ethnicities, some uh, single, some married, some with kids, some without, some with grandkids, some with great-grandkids. We value all of this, and that means we, as we just said, we consider our kids in our gatherings. It means we consider that people speak different languages. It means that there may be parts of our gatherings that aren't as comfortable for us because it makes someone else's preference, and that's okay because we value unity in diversity. We value the multiplication of churches because the church is more than one local body. We will endeavor to plant churches, equip leaders, encourage other churches to fulfill the Great Commission. This is a value we have. If you were here uh, a year ago, then you know that we sent out Cross Community Church, who, by the way, quite literally celebrates one year next Sunday. Can you believe that? There, yeah, praise God. Yeah, we praise God for that. So we celebrate that. Man, that was hard, right? There was 25, 30 people up on this stage. It was sad for us to see some of our brothers and sisters go to another church. But they're doing the work of making Christ's name. And I was just talking with uh, Matthew Smith, the pastor there, uh, this last week, who was celebrating that they are planning their next baptism, Right? We praise God for that, that these kinds of works are happening. But the multiplication of churches happens here and happens abroad. And so we believe, we value access for all. We're, we're talking about the gospel because so many in the world are without access to the gospel. We will emphasize our missional efforts on those who have not yet heard. That's hard, right? It's hard to think that 3.2 billion people don't know of the good news that we so readily have. And I was thinking, there might be 3.2 billion out there who have no access, but in this room, you have access. So let me remind you what you have access to. You have access to the reality that there is a God, one God, one true God who is creator and sustainer of all things. He is perfect, holy, righteous, just, perfectly loving in all his ways. And we are the opposite of that. We are wicked, sinful, wrath-deserving wrath people, right? We're wretched we know that because we do wrong. And anything that, that we do against God's will, against God's plan, against God's commandment is called sin. That's what we do. And that sin, because he is so perfect and we are so not, that separates us from God. So God, God made a way for us to no longer be separated. The punishment for that separation, that sin, is death. So God sent his son, Jesus, and he lived here on earth. He lived a perfect life, never 
sinning, never doing wrong, never thinking wrong, never acting wrong, never speaking wrong, never sinning at all. So when he died on the cross, he was taking punishment for our sin, not his own. You see, this is what we have access to. You have access to that knowledge that there was someone who died so you didn't have to. So that you don't have to spend eternity apart from God. Because you have access to this truth. That the way in which we can receive that good news, we can receive Christ, this gift that he's provided for us, is to turn away from your sin and trust in Jesus. Turn away from your ways, your plans, trying to do things in your way. Trying to solve it yourself, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You're just going to make this work. Nope. What we do is we repent, turn away from our sin, and we trust in the Jesus that was provided for us. We believe in him. God raised him from the dead. He conquered the grave. And then that separation that was headed our way, we're brought together with Christ for all eternity, where we will be gathered around the throne forever and ever and ever. What do I want for us? I want for all of the people in this room, all of the people in earshot, to trust in Jesus. And for those of us who do, I want us to plead with God. Strive together with God, with in prayer. God, please, would you, would you strengthen the relationships in this room? Would you strengthen us so that we can be sent? So, so every Monday when we go into our office place, we'll have been strengthened on Sunday. Every Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. And by the way, you guys are welcome to, to spend time together outside of Sundays. Permission granted. Oh, we, want, we want deep, loving, abiding relationships with God and with each other so that when we are sent out, we know we've got a place to go back. We've got a home base that'll build us up and encourage us, give us encouragement. Would you strive together with me in prayer in this way? For those of you who've never trusted in Jesus, today can be that day. Don't wait. In fact, in just a moment, uh, there will be some who are standing right here. They would love for you to come, take them by the hand and say, I want to trust in Jesus. Maybe, maybe you just want to say, I want to belong to this place. I want to be a part of Colonial Heights. We can start that process. Maybe, maybe you know today your response is to rejoice in the fact that Jesus has paid it all for you. You would give him the glory that he deserves. Commit to praying to him. God, I'm going to ask you for help. I'm not going to try to do this on my own. So would you stand with me as we respond?